0: Welcome to The Pilot Podcast,
1: where we watch the pilot episodes of TV shows and recap other shows to answer your question, should I watch this?
0: My name is BJ.
1: And my name is Me Too.
0: And this week, we're checking out Broke on CBS, Tales from the Loop on Amazon Prime, 100 Humans, Life's Questions Answered on Netflix, and Home Before Dark on Apple TV+.
1: So stay tuned to the end to find out if BJ was a little gumshoe in the South. No. Then there's nothing to stay tuned to the end for.
0: I know. I ruined it. So anyway, (laughs) let's go to broke where some people's lives have been ruined due to poor financial decisions.
1: Broke on CBS was based on a Colombian telenovela called Pobres Rico, and it focuses in on Jackie, starring Polly Perrette, who is a working-class single mom who just got a few more mouths to feed in her home since her estranged sister, Elizabeth, played by Natasha Leggero, and brother-in-law Javier, played by Jaime Camille, have been cut off financially by Javier's daddy. They're joined by Javier and Elizabeth's loyal assistant Louise, played by Izzy Diaz, and Jackie's son Sammy, played by Antonio Raul Corbo.
0: What did you think of this wacky sitcom setup of the wealthy, high class sister and brother-in-law now having to live a lower middle class life with Jackie and her son?
1: So we saw this dynamic in Elite. We've seen this in a lot of shows. And the basic comedic formula of fish out of water works, especially when you get to poke fun at rich people. It's always great to punch up rather than down. In this case, they're no longer rich, but the jokes are still good.
0: You get a lot of those tropes. Elizabeth has her dog that she carries in her purse. Javier has a loyal assistant who's keeping track of his schedule and ironing his handkerchiefs. I think they really do a good mix of the stereotypes we're used to, but it works for the absurd characters brought into this new world.
1: Jackie was on NCIS for a very long time. Elizabeth is played by Natasha Legero, who is a great comedian, and Jaime Camille, who plays Javier, was absolutely wonderful as Rogelia de la Vega on Jane the Virgin. So the actors themselves are really selling the roles.
0: They make the most of their characters. And I think right off the bat, you can tell they've been acting for a while because their chemistry is so good.
1: They have wonderful chemistry. You believe that Elizabeth and Javier love each other and that Louise is 100% devoted to Javier.
0: And even Javier and Sammy, they have great chemistry. And sometimes it can be really difficult with child actors.
1: That's true. We did see, not a spoiler for the rest of the episodes that we'll review today, but there's a lot of great child acting all around.
0: Oh, that is a theme for this episode.
1: So one aspect of the show that I think is helping it perform so well because it's getting great ratings is the escapism. You would think that a show called Broke coming out now would be inopportune, but instead, people are flocking to it. People are enjoying shows like this. There's also Indebted on NBC and another similar show soon to come on ABC.
0: I think people find it fun to get glimpses of the worlds that they're not familiar with. Probably why all of those Real Housewives can be fun to watch lavishly rich people going on vacations and just fighting as their career. Here, we have lavishly rich people who are brought down to our level but are bringing some of those absurd wealthy lifestyle aspects to Jackie's home.
1: That's such a good comparison for Real Housewives because Andy Cohen did say that when he screens the submissions from people auditioning to be on a Real Housewives show, he either looks for extreme opulence or an absolutely wild personality. So you can be boring, but live in a super luxurious home and just have this ridiculous state of living that people can gawk at or you yourself are fun to gawk at.
0: Yeah, we need something to gawk at.
1: What are some of your predictions for this show? So right now, we know that Javier and Elizabeth have been cut off. Do you think that they'll claw their way back to money? Do you see their relationships deepening? Do you see that classic overboard plot style twist where they themselves fall in love with working and earning their way through life?
0: I don't see... Them immediately falling in love with becoming working class people. I think that they are going to try and wait it out until they can convince Javier's father to give them money again. Maybe they can sell a pyramid to get back some cash.
1: I forgot they bought an actual Mayan pyramid.
0: Why not? I do see Elizabeth, also known as Lizzie, to her sister and family. I see her exposing more of her roots. Maybe she'll work at the bar with her sister. I think she'll be the first one to occasionally make some compromises on her lifestyle.
1: I see it potentially developing like a Shit's Creek where do they miss their wealth? yes. They'll never mistake this as better than that, but they'll grow and develop as people.
0: I also like that there probably won't be much change for Luis because we find out he's paid by Javier's father, so he's good for the rest of his life.
1: (laughs) I loved that little reveal. You think Louise is silly in the fact that he is the butler, driver, every man to Javier. And you think, is he just this loyal that he's in it through thick and thin? And no, he's being paid. He's very loyal, but he's also set forever. I love that. All right, Beach, what would you rate CBS's Broke?
0: I would rate Broke would watch again while doing laundry. I think this is the perfect sitcom for just some casual in the background viewing. Some nice lighthearted moments some funny scenes, good chemistry with the cast. I personally wouldn't watch it seriously, but I can definitely see myself dropping in and out, you know, every now and then. What would you rate it?
1: I completely agree. It's a good distraction show. You're going to catch some jokes in the background of what you're doing, but I don't think you need to pay close attention to it because it is a classic straightforward sitcom.
0: So speaking of not needing to pay close attention a show where there's so much in every scene that you might miss it. Let's head into Tales from the Loop on Amazon Prime Video.
1: Well, Beach, break it down for us.
0: Tales from the Loop is a science fiction drama, and it's actually based on an art book. And the whole idea is we're in this town of Mercer, Ohio, and Russ Willa created this institute, the Mercer Center for Experimental Physics, casually known as the Loop. And everyone in this town is trying to unlock and explore the mysteries of the universe. They have this giant machine that's built under the town running questionable, mind-bending experiments, which is affecting the townspeople, and that's what we're seeing in each of the episodes of this series. And for this first episode, we're introduced to Loretta, a young girl, very smart, very independent, living with her mom, Alma. And Alma becomes involved in an experiment that's testing the limits of what should be done and what's possible. And this leads to her disappearance. So we spend the episode following Loretta on a journey to find her mom. What do you think of this science fiction drama that brings up a lot of questions about time, the universe, what's possible, what's known?
1: I thought it was surprisingly emotional, typically with science fiction, I find myself having to try to keep up with everything that's happening. And so I skip some of that connecting emotionally with the show because I'm so nervous that I'm going to miss some big moment or reveal or even small clue that indicates something later. And I got really wrapped up in this show. The performances of the kids were amazing. Cole played by Duncan Joyner and Loretta played by Abby Ryder Fortson. They just played their roles so beautifully. Loretta was so forceful she was just such a bold young girl on a mission but then there was that vulnerability there because she's also a little girl without her mama and then cole was so earnest in his attempt to help her that he was even willing to at one point confront russ played by jonathan price who was so beautiful in the wife a couple years ago because he just wanted to help his new friend out it was just beautiful
0: It was very sweet, heartwarming, also sad. There's a lot of scenes with Loretta alone and just wanting to know, where is Alma? Where is her mom?
1: That was heartbreaking. And then you even see Cole's mom get wrapped up in it. She's played by Rebecca Hall. And there's an emotionality there, too. So there's this larger conversation of techie, techie, talk, talk, but the science fiction version of that. And then there's just this incredible emotionality with this show that you get wrapped up in
0: and it's all connected to the loop. So it brings up the question of, what do you think of this town of Mercer, Ohio? Underneath it, we have a particle accelerator and other experiments. We know that Loretta's mom works there. We know that Cole's mom and grandfather works there. And we casually see robots in the woods that people aren't sure if they were built or found. Meanwhile, all that Loretta has to help her find her mom is this mysterious black rock like object that has very strange properties. This is a lot of tidbits to drop on us.
1: There's a comfort that this town has as well with what Russ is doing. Typically with shows like this, it's a lot of stuff hidden away. There are quiet, malicious intentions by the mysterious founder and head of the organization. But in this case, Russ, while his methods may not be great, seems earnest in his want to help the community And the community seems comfortable with it.
0: People are not complaining or worried, which also works against Loretta, who is panicking that her mother is missing.
1: Would love a little bit more nervous energy there. One interesting thing that you alluded to at the beginning of this speech is that this show was actually inspired by paintings created by artist Simon Stalenhag for his narrative book of the same name, Tales from the Loop. Did you get a soothing painting style feeling while watching this show?
0: I did. There were two scenes where that really came out to me. One is when we're looking in the woods. So it's like snowy woods, a robot in the distance, all of these tall skinny trees, and you have Loretta walking through with Cole. And that felt very much like right out of a painting or right out of a storybook. And then there's also another scene where Loretta and Cole find an abandoned home in the woods and they go exploring. And in that scene, some sunlight is coming through the ceiling and one snowy patch. And that also looked very portrait-like. Did you pick up on any art vibes?
1: The setting was gorgeous. The landscapes were gorgeous. It looked like a nicer version of the paintings that were in every mom's house in the 90s (laughs) of the forest landscape. And depending on the weather they wanted, snowy or sunny.
0: Oh, and that reminds me, last fun fact. Like Stranger Things, another popular science fiction show, this show is also set in the 80s, but kind of an alternate timeline 80s.
1: Hmm. Okay. All right, Beach. What would you rate Amazon Prime Video's Tales from the Loop?
0: I would rate it a strong would watch again seriously. Wow. It's intriguing. There's emotion. There's plenty of science questions that I think are cool and fun to ask about. And the mystery seems accessible. We don't have all of the answers, but I don't think they made it too complicated. And that actually makes me want to invest the time to figure out how is Loretta going to find her mom and what's going to go on with the loop. What would you rate it?
1: I think I would watch again casually. I'm not going to binge it, but I agree. I want to know what happened to Loretta's mom. I am invested in this story, and I do think it's worth seeing it through, especially if you're a science fiction fan. I think this is a fun one. Mm Mm-hmm. Beach, I want a cup of coffee, but I also want to support a cause.
0: Well, you can do both at the same time when you shop Fruit of the Bean. Not only do they donate 10% of their income to supporting orphans and those affected by human trafficking, but they also serve fresh roasted to order coffee.
1: Wow, you'll have me if you say they have a French vanilla roast.
0: Well, guess what, Mama? They do.
1: Where can I learn more and shop?
0: Go to fruitofthebean.com and order now.
1: Well, let's kick things over from coffee to science beach with Netflix's 100
0: Humans. Tell us about this social experiment.
1: Hosted by Ali Ward, Zainab Johnson, and Sammy obeyed this show aims to answer questions about human behavior by experimenting on 100 humans. We'll get into this, but in this first episode, they divvied it up into four larger questions, largely centering around attractiveness and what determines attractiveness. So let's get into it.
0: So this is a very interesting show for me to watch as a scientist who is trained in the scientific method and knows what would make it reasonable to put into a peer-reviewed journal.
1: Was it interesting or was it frustrating? What's the
0: word? I'm trying to be polite. Okay. It was interesting. I disagree with the vast majority of their experimental approach.
1: What was wrong with their approach?
0: Part of what their approach was, was trying to use these 100 humans that they claim represent a cross-section of the United States. That's fair, depending on how they chose them. But they constantly split them into two groups. And they don't always show the two groups the same things. And the two groups aren't going to necessarily be equal. You can't actually compare the data from group A and group B if group A saw apples and group B saw oranges.
1: Do you need four groups, two controls, apples and oranges?
0: You could do it with controls or you could just show group A apples and oranges and group B apples and oranges and then compare.
1: So let's get into the experiments of the apples and oranges. The first one is, does being a better dancer, if you have male reproductive organs, make you more fertile?
0: Yeah. Me too. What was your first thought? Is this something you consider dancing abilities?
1: I can honestly say that I have never once seen someone dancing and gone, wow, that person can have kids. I've never... (laughs) They are fertile. A little fertile myrtle on the dance floor. I've never made that comparison. That's where I was. And we learn, you know, not as a spoiler for our science heads out there, that that (laughs) is neither correlation nor causation. There is no relationship between those two things.
0: But one of the problems is they ask for volunteers to do this. So the men self-select, which also skews the data. They should have just had all the men dance.
1: The second experiment is, does wearing a uniform make you more attractive?
0: I thought this was a good question. I don't know if the way they addressed it makes sense to me
1: the method here was they had a group of people who had different jobs and they tried to include quote unquote elite jobs like working in a hospital versus jobs like being a sanitation engineer or janitor. And so they had folks from the 100 humans talk to the people while they were in uniform. Then they had another group talk to the same group of people that were using the same script while they were out of uniform to determine if these humans are more attracted to the ones in uniform. Mm hmm. My confusion, and it sounds like yours as well, is that the people in and out of uniform were not actually representatives of those jobs. So they were doing a rehearsed script. I don't know how the humans didn't hear the same script right behind them while they were having the conversation speed dating style with the next person.
0: I agree with you. I would have assumed that they could hear... The actors they've already talked to recite the same script, and that would add in some bias. Like, is this person actually a sanitation engineer? Or is this the type of person who tells the same story over and over?
1: And then the third experiment was, does your level of attractiveness face the sentencing a jury would give you in court?
0: Another valid question that I think is studied in law schools.
1: It's studied in a lot of disciplines, yeah, because there's a ton of factors. There's your gender, there's your ethnicity, there's your race, there is appearance as well, there is whether you're wearing a jumpsuit versus a suit, so that's why bail is a huge issue. Yeah, in this case, it was just a hot or not game.
0: <laughs> Break it down to what really matters. Are they hot or not?
1: To be fair to this show, there were a couple of cases where they brought in subject matter experts the hosts just interviewed, and that was fun and enlightening.
0: They brought in very qualified, well-educated people who gave us insightful information on the topic.
1: And the hosts themselves, we should say, were all charming.
0: They would be fun to hang out with.
1: And then the last experiment was, does being funny make you more attractive?
0: What are your thoughts on that question?
1: That's another one that I had never thought of. I might just not be a curious person, I'm learning. (laughs) (laughs) Through this, but I think that there's a difference between attractiveness and just being charmed by someone they brought in a group of people they listened to a very boring story by two comedians and then they brought in a second group of people and those same two comedians then said the story again but in a humorous cadence and they were asked to deem on a scale of 1 to 10 how attractive they found the comedians to be one I thought they were both fairly attractive people so I don't think the stories would have affected that and then two On the second go-around, when they told the stories in a quote-unquote funny way, I actually didn't think it was raucously funny like the show depicted it to be.
0: And they got very modest improvements in their scores after their funny version of the story. And I think personally, having a similar sense of humor is a better gauge of attractiveness than would they be a good stand-up comedian.
1: Mm, Yeah. One bonus experiment that they did for the viewers at home was they showed a series of faces to us as the viewer, and then they asked us to gauge the most attractive one. And then they said that the majority of people would pick a certain face because they showed it more times. That one was confusing, too, because I picked a different face.
0: I did, too. (laughs) And I noticed the one face that kept coming up and I was like, this is weird.
1: Yes. Well, with that said, BJ, you're always the face I'm looking for. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) What would you rate 100 humans on Netflix?
0: I would not watch again. And it's mostly because as Me Too hinted at at the top, I got frustrated with the claims that this is an experiment and that they are trying to use science to answer these questions. And I just disagree with their approach. I know it's also a television show, but they still could have done things in a much cleaner manner, even if they wanted to be entertaining on TV. What would you rate it?
1: I agree. Not for those reasons, but because there is so much content right now on Netflix, on other streaming platforms, that I would recommend other reality shows on Netflix. I would recommend The Circle. I would recommend Love is Blind. I would recommend Next in Fashion even. I just think that there are better reality shows on Netflix where you can spend your time if that's the sort of content you're looking for.
0: And if you want to learn something, there are better shows as well. This is not the place to learn.
1: All right, Beach. Going from studying human behavior to reporting on it, let's talk about the little gumshoe journalist Hildy in Home Before Dark. Brooklyn Prince from The Florida Project plays the sharp yet precocious Hildy, who is following in the footsteps of her father, Matt, played by Jim Sturgis, and he is an investigative reporter. He loses his job, so the family moves from New York to his newly empty childhood home, in Erie Harbor, and she's accompanied by her older sister, Izzy, played by Kylie Rogers, and her new bestie, Donnie, played by Jabrail Nantambu. So, Beach how did you feel about this one?
0: I actually really liked it. I expected myself not to. Sometimes it's bad to have very low expectations, but I did. But this definitely gave me some Harriet the Spy vibes, but even better than what I remember from Harriet the Spy. What did you think?
1: I agree. This was fun. I didn't have high expectations, but I certainly was excited to watch a show about a little tiny investigative journalist. I think we all know I'm Nancy Drew Hive. So Nancy Drew Hive, the show is very satisfying for you. And it's actually based on a real Hildy who scooped a murder story in her town hours before newspapers did. Of course, this has been dramatized for our Apple TV screens, but it is cool that there is a young girl inspiring this role. And in real life, her older sister Izzy, I'm not sure if this is still the case, used to edit her newspaper and her dad would oversee it.
0: She's really a go-getter. And I think what we see when Hildy is relocated to Erie Harbor with her family to move into her grandfather's home in her dad's childhood home we see from the start she's already looking at people in the town she's trying to find her next story for the magic hour chronicle she is resilient to other people's feedback because she is very confident and sure of herself to the point where i was a little thrown off by her emotional secureness for her age especially after a confrontation with her father and she forgives him for his mistake before he apologizes
1: She worked through Dabida in a millisecond. Her dad yelled at her and basically said, why can't you be a normal little girl? Which is a heartbreaking thing to hear from your parental figure. And she immediately hugs him and goes, I know you didn't mean it. And it just is jarring to see such an emotionally rounded young child while the rest of us are panicking in a pandemic. But maybe Hildy is the voice we need. And although she is a little exaggerated in how self-assured she is, it is always nice to see a confident little girl on screen. You just can't get enough of that.
0: What helps is, despite the kids in Erie Harbor not liking her, I find her to be very likable.
1: Me too. In Erie Harbor, she has her first mystery penny one of the people in her neighborhood has been killed
0: or fell down the stairs changing a light bulb
1: sure sure that's what the sheriff is trying to tell us but hildy and i we're not buying it because we're detectives we're cut from the same cloth and so we already know penny's been murdered confidently saying that. She had an interaction with Penny before her death, so feels personally connected to her and wants to figure out who did it. In her pursuit of that, you see her father in parallel scenes having his own reckoning with living in Erie Harbor again after it seems like he never wanted to go back. And there are some parallels you see between adult father, Matt, and Hildy, but also young Matt and Hildy. It adds an interesting element of mystery to the show to want to know why he never wants to come back to the town. But it also adds a heartening element to see just how much like her father she is.
0: She got those journalistic instincts directly from her father. But that's also now conflicting with the fact that her dad is hiding something. There's a reason he didn't want to come back to this town. And now that he's back, there are definitely certain subjects he does not want to talk about. And it might be connected to the case Hilde is investigating.
1: And the trouble is Hildy lives in the house with him. Her older sister, Izzy, is coming around to her. We've already seen in some scenes. So she's going to get that investigative hat going. His wife is a DA who stopped being an attorney to take care of the home, but I'm sure also has a keen instinct for when someone is being duplicitous. Mm-hmm. He has three women in that home who are going to figure him out sooner than later. That's a comfortable prediction I can make for this show.
0: So you think not only are we getting some Nancy Drew vibes, the Lisco women might do some Hardy Boys vibes as well.
1: Yes, or like when Nancy teamed up with her two girlfriends.
0: I don't know enough about Nancy's posse.
1: I used to be George Hive when I was a kid.
0: Oh, I do know George from the CW version of Nancy Drew. Anyway, what do you think of the other people Hildy has developed relationships with? She has at least one new friend at school. She's already making herself well-known at the police station.
1: I love her dynamic with her new friend, Donnie. At the police station, we see her getting dismissed by the powers that be. But then this young woman member of the force pulls Hildy aside and gives her some evidence directly because she says that she's tired of having her hair Tossled by the powers that be as well so there's this girl to woman connection there of being dismissed by these men she's also developing a relationship with her principal where she's going to be a little bit of a thorn in the principal's side i think because she's such an independently minded young girl you already see a little bit of that developing in this first episode
0: and just one thing i just want to get your thoughts on because it really stood out to me Hildy, what like 10 years old Mm mm-hmm she has a lot of freedom with that scooter to just go around town. Oh, she's scooting. And even in the middle of the night, she walks out of the house if she sees something. Comfortably. Okay, I'm glad we both saw that the Lisco household is just open door policy.
1: So on Hilde's news story, there were a lot of comments that said things along the lines of, how are these parents letting her do this? How are these parents letting her out of the house? And these comments were portrayed as negative, which they are. There's a lot of haters in that community on <laughs> Hilde. <laughs> but also, I did not understand how Hilde was willy-nilly walking in and out of her house at any and all times. I don't remember ever being allowed to leave my house when I was a kid. No. By myself? I don't think I ever did, actually.
0: If I wanted to like go and play in the backyard, my parents needed to know.
1: Yeah. All right, Beach, what would you rate Our Little Gumshoe Hildies Home Before Dark on Apple TV+?
0: I would rate this, would watch again casually. This is a fun mystery series. I do want to find out more about this murder and especially how Hildy's going to lead that investigation because it doesn't seem like the police are interested. And like I was saying, Hildy is very likable. When I learned about the premise, I thought she would actually be an annoying child to follow in this case. But I do want to see her investigate, write about it, and convince everyone else in Erie Harbor because she is a legitimate journalist what would you read it?
1: I would rate it Would watch again seriously. For my fellow mystery enjoyers out there, this is a show that we will love watching. We will love watching Hildy uncover these clues. She is, as you said, BJ, so charming. And I am genuinely intrigued by wanting to know who done it and also what all of it is because I think there's more than just this murder of Penny. So I want to see all of those mysteries uncovered
0: if you are needing to take a break from mysteries and want to find some other shows to watch, head to our website at thepilotpodcast.com, and you can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms. And if you want even more content, consider subscribing to The Pilot Podcast Deep Dive, where we take a deep dive into a single pilot episode of a TV show and let you know our opinions. And you can find out more by going to join.thepilotpodcast.com.
1: You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at thepilotpod. You can send thoughts, feelings, show suggestions, your local town's mysteries to ask the Pilot Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.